0: R' Yevamos in the Aleph Amabeiz fifty one B one in the Arch Scroll Gemara. The Gemara says Amor Rabbi Yochanan. says Rabbi Gamliel Ubeis Shammai Rabbi Shimon Uben Azay Rabbi Nachman Kulu Svirulu Maamar Kone Kinen has a list of five people, Tana'im, who are of the opinion that Maimar. When a person does Maimar, this rabbinic form of uh of Yibum, in fact, maybe some of these opinions hold that it works on a biblical level, on a derisa level, they all have the same opinion that Mimer works completely, that it works completely. Now the truth is, Tosos points this out, that they don't all agree completely uh, in terms of how it works, but at least there's some sort of idea that spreads throughout all of them that Mimer works uh, either completely or almost completely, discussion whether it's on a biblical level or rabbinic level, but there's some idea that Maimer is a Kenyan Gummer. It is a complete acquisition. The literal translation. And so we're going to go through the five different uh, Tanaim, the five different positions, and how we see that they all have a similar idea that Maimer is Kona. That Maimer uh, is viewed as a complete uh, Kenyan. So number one is Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel had the Rabban is, as we see from what we stated within Rabban Gamliel, and this is how we came onto this topic. Is because Rav Gamliel is of the opinion that if you do mimer, if Ruben does mimer to Rachel, so then for him to do mimer to Laya, it won't have any halachic significance because you already did mimer. You did everything that that you could do in terms of mimer, and so then the next mimer doesn't have any halachic significance. So that's how we see that mimer accomplishes a lot, as opposed to the rabbanon. The rabbanon, the opposing position, says no. Yesh mimer, acher mimer. There is mimer. Because Mimr doesn't do, doesn't complete, even within the level of Mimr, on a rabbinic level, it doesn't complete everything. Opinion number two. Beishamai. What does Beishamai say? This is an idea that we've seen in the past. It says in the Mishnah, You have three brothers, Reuben, Shimon, and Levi. Reuben and Shimon are married to two sisters. And Levi was not married to one of the sisters. And what happens? One of, let's say, the sister's husband, let's say Reuven, he dies without children. And Levi, the one who's married to one of them who's not one of the sisters, he does mimer. He doesn't do yibam. He does mimer. After he does mimer, so then the other brother dies, Shimon. And so now you have Shimon's wife, whose sisters with Levi's. Mimer, the one that he did Mimer with. So what happens then? So Beishamah has a unique position there. We view it as though Levi is married to the first wife, to the one that he did Mimer to. It's a complete marriage. Perhaps according to Beishamah, this works even on a biblical level. It's a complete marriage to the extent that he's allowed to stay married to her. We don't view it as though two sisters are now, uh, we, as we've seen in the past, that when we have two sisters who fall to Yibam, uh, that we do not do Yibam, no, it's like they were married, and the other, Shimon's wife, who now just fell to Yibam, so now she's completely exempt, because it's like Levi, the live brother, his wife is now, uh, Reuven's, the first one's wife, because they did Mimer, and so then, uh, because they are married, so then, Shimon's wife is completely exempt, from Yibam Rechalitza, why? Because it's like Achos Ishto. it's like it's Levi's wife's sister, even though it's not really his wife, it's just Mimer, but we see that Mimer works, even according to, even, according to even perhaps on a biblical level. That is case number two. Case number three, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says as follows, D'etanya, it's taught in a brysa, the case is as follows, the Gemara doesn't explain the case, but the case essentially is as follows, very interesting case, where Yavama uh, falls to two brothers, so the, the brother was alive, Passes away. And now we have a Yavama who falls to two brothers. However, both brothers, let's say Ruvain and Shimon, they are under the age of 13. They are, let's say, between the ages of 9 and 13. When you are between the ages of 9 and 13, you are still a katan, you are still a minor. However, halakhically speaking, from the age of 9 for a boy, they are able to have a halakhic, uh, with something, what's viewed as a halakhic... Uh, Relations having that their 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 act of sexual relations is viewed as significant from the age of nine. However, it's a katan, it's a minor, so it's uh, it, it's it's unclear. There's a lot there's gemaras that discuss this issue. Uh, do we really view it as though a katan is allowed to get married? A minor is allowed to get married on a biblical level because maybe they could they could do the act of of uh, having marital relations and it's halakhically viewed as marital relations as with halakhic significance. Or do we not? That itself is a bigger discussion, bigger topic. Not for now, uh, but that is discussed. So what happens here is that one of the brothers, let's say Reuven, they're both under the age of thirteen, but above the age of nine. So Reuven had does Bia has Bia has does relations with the vama, with the sister-in-law. However, because he's a minor, but it is viewed as marital relations from a Allahic perspective. Uh, so therefore, it only has the status of mamar. It's not the status of yibam completely, but only has the status of mamar. So the first opinion says that if Reuven has marital relations first with the sister-in-law, and then Shimon also does, the first opinion was that the opinion of yesh, Maimar acher Mimer. The Gemara doesn't quote this opinion, but it's the opinion that says that both have halachic significance. We view both as mimer, as just a rabbinic form of yibum and it's mimer, and both Reuben and Shimon did something with halachic significance. However, B'Shimon argues, Amalur <speaking in Hebrew> and B'Shiman says to the Chacham, says to the first Abinu, no, in bia, if the nine-year-old's act of having relations is viewed as halakhically significant, B'yasheine <speaking in Hebrew> it's mimer, and then the second one is doesn't do anything, like Rabban Rab- Rab- Gamliel, who says, ain mimer, achar that the second mimer uh, uh, has no has no halakhic significance if you did mimer once. So too over here, you didn't do mimer, which is the giving of the ring of a, of a marriage document, but you had actual relations. But it's it's of a minor, so it's equivalent to maamar. Uh, so if the first one is halachic significance, so then the second was not. And if it doesn't have a halachic significance, so then the second act should also not have a halachic significance. If there is no halachic significance because it's a minor, so then it shouldn't have a halachic significance. So bentisha become a a bia. So this Proustas that Rabbi Shimon holds, Ain Mimer Acher Mimer. The same exact opinion as Rabbi Gamliel. Because when, the first, when Ruvain, who's between the ages of 9 and 13, has relations and it's equivalent to Mimer. so we say Shimon, now his Mimer doesn't mean anything. Because the first one accomplishes everything in terms of Mimer, And therefore the second one uh, doesn't have halakhic significance. Very similar to Rabbi Gamliel. And that is a position number three. Number four, Ben Azai. Ben Aze says as follows: the Tanya. Ben Aze sort of splits between; he has a middle opinion. Ben Aze says as follows: Ben Aze Omer Yesh Maimer Achamaimer Bishnei Yavim V'yavam Achas Ve'Ein Maimer Achamaimer Bishnei Vamos V'yavam Echad. Ben Aze, according to Rabban Gamliel, before we get to Ben Aze, just as an introduction, according to Rabban Gamliel, he holds throughout the board, across the board, Ein Maimer Achamaimer. Once you do Maimer once, so then there is no option for Maimer a second time. So let's say there are two cases, two different cases. Reuven did Mimer to Rachel. So that has significance. Then if Reuven did Mimer to Shimon, gave. Uh, sorry, Reuven did maimer to Leah uh, and gave a ring or a marriage document, it does not have significance. It does not have a significance. That's case number one. Case number two is where Reuven did meimer to Rachel and then Shimon, a different brother, did Mimer to the same person, to Rachel. And there too, according to Reuven Leal, the second meimer does not have halachic significance. Okay, so Ben-Azai has this split. He says, and according to this uh, Girsa, according to this version, he says, when you have Reuven and Shimon, two brothers and only one, Yevamah, one sister-in-law, Rachel, and Reuven does mimer, and then Shimon does mimer both to Rachel, so that has halachic significance. However, if it's the opposite, if it's only Reuven, but there are two co-wives, Reuven, uh, Rachel and Leah, once Ruvain does mimer to Rachel, that's done, and then the mimer that he does to Leah has no halachic significance. That's our version. Others have the version, Rashi points out, other have the version the opposite way, that it's really flipped, uh, that if it's Reuven um, uh, doing mimer to Rachel and then to Leah, that would work, that would have halachic significance the second time. But if it was Ruven and Shimon to Rachel, so then it wouldn't. But it's a split. Basically, Benazai says it only applies to one case, but not to the other case. Wheel says it applies across the board. So there's a clear difference but still, in the end of the day, Ben Aza, we see is of the opinion that at least in a certain circumstance, we say a mimer mimer that there is no mimer after mimer. That once you did mimer, so then from the perspective of mimer, you've done everything, and then the second mimer won't accomplish uh, anything. Finally, the last case, the last Tana, Rabbi Nachemiah, uh, Rabbi says, Ditnan our mission, Rabbi Omer Achas?" Achas <laughs> Sorry, chachas chalitza. Be'en be'en bet-tze, be'en bet-tze, be'en bet-tze, in Rabbi is of the opinion that let's say if you did bia, if you did yibum when you weren't supposed to be doing yibum, this is our mission. You did yibum when you're not supposed to do yibum. What's the case? Let's say you gave a get, a rabbinic form of chalitza to Rachel. You cannot go ahead and do yibum to Leah. You can't even do yibum to Rachel. And if you did it. So we saw that there was one opinion that says that it's like it's, it's like the zikah didn't stop. It's like that bond didn't end. On a rabbinic level, we say that it can it, it remains because you weren't supposed to do yibam. You weren't allowed to do yibam on a rabbinic level because you already gave a get. You already gave a divorce document. So on a rabbinic level, you weren't allowed to do yibam. Rabbi Nechemi says no. Even though you weren't supposed to do yibam, still anything that happens after that, if you did yibam and then you did mimer after that, for example, to let's say a third person, to a third co-wife, it would not have a lack significance because once you did the Yibam, once you had Bia, you had marital relations, and you did the, the Yibam. So then, it's like the Zika is done, and maimer afterwards has no halachic significance. So the Gemara explains why. This is referred to as Bia psula, invalid Yibam, because you were not allowed to do Yibam. The Gemara says that it's equivalent to mamar. It has the rabbinic equivalent to mamar. And since it has the rabbinic equivalence to Mamar, so according to Reb it's like you did Mamar. You weren't allowed to do Yibam because you already gave a get. So you weren't allowed to do Yibam, but you did Yibam anyway. So it's equivalent to Mamar. It's, it has, a, has an equivalence to this rabbinic form of Yibam because you weren't allowed to do Yibam. So the point is, Reb says, to do Mamar after that, to let's say a different co-wife, that would not have a of significance. Why not? Apparently the same idea, the same concept. Once you do Mamar, in this case it's not really Mamar, but it's... It's biapsula. It's an invalid form of yibam. You weren't allowed to do yibam uh, because you already gave a get. You already gave it the birth document. It's like it's a mimar. So to do mimer after that has no halachic significance because mimar is a Kenyan gamar. Mimar accomplishes uh, the complete the, the complete acquisition, and so therefore mimar that would take place afterwards to let's say a different co wife would not have halachic significance. This is all very similar to Rabban Lil, who holds ein mimar achar maimar. The once you do Mimer once, even though it's all on a rabbinic level. It will not have a lech significance if you do mymar a second time. So those are the five different opinions, and that is the end of the Gemara for Nun Aleph, and we'll continue next week with Daf Nun Beis.